My name is Joe Morado and we are Apes Development. The Apes mentality is about being accountable for practicing positivity and being willing to work on our emotional and spiritual growth. If you've made it this far, then you are catching up with episode four and we're going to be talking about anger. Um, as promised, you know, I talked about last week that I was going to be talking about anger. It's a pretty, it's a pretty big one to me. Uh, I've had lots of experience, lots and lots of experience with anger management and anger problems. We're just going to jump right into it. The things that I'm going to cover in this video, I'm going to be explaining what anger is. I'm going to be talking about triggers for anger. I'm going to be talking about specific types of anger, how they differ from one another. Uh, we're going to talk about the physiological effects of anger. And we're going to talk about root causes of anger and where they stem from uh, deep inside of us. First of all, let's just talk about the fact that anger is an emotion. Anger is an intense emotional state involving a strong, uncomfortable, and non-cooperative response to a perceived threat, provocation, or injury. Or it can also be triggered by frustration building inside of somebody, right? Much like fear, anger is a defense mechanism. It's a natural defense mechanism that is activated by our brain and by our brain chemistry. The things that trigger an anger response are fear of a perceived threat, hurt or pain of some kind coming from some sort of physical, external physical pain or injury or threat, or some sort of emotional pain. So it's a secondary emotion designed to protect us and to defend us from a perceived threat, whether that be a person, place, or thing, set of circumstances. It can also be lots of circumstances, right? Like uh, you can anger can come from building up of frustration, being in the car, stuck in traffic, uh, stepping in a puddle when you get to work or get to a parking lot and you get out of your car and you step in a puddle and you get your shoes wet or your pants wet. These are things that, you know, we saw in, in, in the movie uh, Bruce Almighty, right, where he gets frustrated over and over and over and he ends up getting to a boiling point. Life imitating art, art imitating life. I love it. Anyway, so anger is a secondary emotion. It's a uncomfortable or non-cooperative response to a perceived threat, provocation, or injury. Generally, it's a secondary emotion that's triggered by fear, hurt, or being afraid of something. The physiological effects of anger are almost identical to those triggered by fear. So what happens is something sparks an anger response, it activates our amygdala, which is the exact same part of the brain that triggered by the fear response. Uh, this happens before we're even aware of it. Our brain perceives a threat or a danger or an injury and immediately triggers the amygdala. The amygdala tells other centers of the brain to release hormones and more specifically, the amygdala activates the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus then signals the pituitary glands which begin discharging cortisol, which is a stress uh, addressing hormone. The pituitary glands activate the adrenal glands which obviously releases adrenaline into the system. 
the overall effect of, of these brain chemistries trigger a physiological response, right? Which is almost identical to fear. It prepares us for fight or flight. Generally, with anger, it prepares us for physical altercation. So our blood pressure increases, our heart rate increases, dopamine levels rise, which leads us to being willing and able to defend ourselves. Serotonin levels decrease. The brain shunts blood away from the gut and towards the muscles to prepare us for physical exertion. Uh, breathing accelerates, our body temperature rises, sometimes perspiration happens, our mind is sharpened and focused to prepare for physical altercation. This is beyond a doubt, uh, I'm going to segue here, so be prepared for a ride, buckle up. This is beyond a shadow of a doubt why I have an affinity for the Incredible Hulk. When I was going through anger management and I was getting educated on why I overreact and why I have these uncontrollable urges and uncontrollable rages that would happen in me, there was a feeling of empowerment that came with it. There was a feeling of being in control and being super powerful, usually in situations where I felt powerless or afraid. This is identical to The Incredible Hulk. For those of you who aren't familiar, everybody knows that The Incredible Hulk is, is Dr. Bruce Banner. He gets angry. He turns into a big, you know, gamma-radiated, big green, uh, destroying machine, and his intelligence levels drop, and he becomes a huge roided-out monster for all intents and purposes. What most people don't know is that the causes and effects of... Bruce Banner's transformation is because his persona, his personality split when he was a child and he experienced childhood trauma by having an abusive father in his home. His father was an alcoholic. He abused Bruce verbally and emotionally and abused his mother when she tried to defend him. All of these things parallel with my own experience in life. So not to take you on a way off tangent into the deep madness of a Marvel comic book character, uh, in my mind, in my mind, Stan Lee is a genius. He he created this character, gave him an alter ego, uh, explained the mutation factor with gamma radiation, which he was exposed to, which caused the physical transformation. My point is, is that all of these things that happened to the Incredible Hulk happened to all of us. It was far easier for me to understand why I felt the way that I felt, with a sense of empowerment and a sense of control. Uh, a sense of indestructibleness when when I was in, enraged or, or filled with anger. And I know that this probably sounds crazy, but it's fact. These are facts. Uh, the facts, you can you can do your research on the on, on Marvel comics if you want to. I certainly have to to back up what I'm talking about. So yeah, for what it's worth, the incredible hope that he lives in all of us. He definitely does. And we all have a triggered defensive response that happens in our brain that happens without us knowing and without our permission and we literally become a, a an, an enraged machine and if it's not checked or controlled and we don't practice keeping it under control it can get the better of us and we can smash things and ruin relationships and cause people to be terrified of us okay so now that we've delved into the mind of Stan Lee and the backstory of the Incredible Hulk and how that ties into real life. Again, right? Art imitating life. Now that we understand how all of that plays in, let's talk about some of the 
types of anger that there are, right? I love this because we can really break down the different types and the different severities of anger. The first, the first type of anger that I'm going to talk about is passive aggressiveness. This is by far the most irritating to me personally. I don't know how you all feel about people who are passive aggressive. Uh, it drives me wild. It drives me up a wall. First of all, it's avoidant. You know, people, people who are passive aggressive will get mad and they'll give you the silent treatment. They'll avoid talking about what's bothering them. They'll let you know that something's bothering them, but they won't talk about it, right? They'll withhold the information. They'll be sarcastic. Uh, they'll be, they'll mock you. They'll, they'll throw little backhanded comments. And it's coming from a place, they're coming from a place of being hurt or afraid. And they don't know how to communicate the fact that they've been hurt or afraid. So they're being passive aggressive and they're throwing jabs at you, right? Uh, I had an experience, had an experience with this. A friend of mine, I felt passive aggressively threw a jab at me about the podcast situation because I was talking about my experiences in the podcast and I talk about the fact that I'm in recovery and I'm about to be six years sober. And uh, the backhanded comment was, it's funny how people think that they get a little time sober and they think that they're qualified to be a counselor or a therapist. I just want to go on record and say that I in no way think that I'm qualified to be a counselor or therapist. Uh, I've never claimed to be qualified to be a counselor or therapist. Uh, moreover, the only thing that I've ever claimed or shared in my podcast is that I have lots of experience and I've learned from those experiences and I care to share that experience with all of you in hopes that it might be helpful in hopes that somebody else who struggles with anger might better understand where their anger comes from and why it happens and how they can process and how they can deal with it. Um, does that make me qualified to talk about anger? I think it does. I think that it definitely gives me credibility as somebody who has firsthand experience with an anger problem. It's somebody, as somebody who has firsthand experience with childhood trauma, with the root causes of where anger comes from. I've done a lot of self-work and I've had a lot of counseling of my own that has given me insight into where some of my brokenness came from and the tools that I've been able to accumulate to help me deal with that so that I don't have a destructive, rage-filled life and I don't walk around angry and resentful all the time. Again, not to go off on a tangent, but passive-aggressive anger is one of my favorites. The next that we're going to talk about is volatile and sudden anger. This is the one that... I think this is the one that's the most scary for people because you don't see it coming. You don't see someone getting frustrated. You see everything appearing to be fine and then someone's temper explodes. This is definitely something that I have experience with myself. I definitely have experience with volatile and sudden anger. I definitely was exposed to a father who didn't know how to deal with his emotions and, and did the best he could. I certainly don't blame my family for any of the things that I've experienced or any of the habits that I've picked up or things that I perceived as a young child. I believe that, you know, my parents my parents were older and come from a different different generation in a different time in this world. My father was old school East Coast. He was first generation Italian and 
he was definitely raised in a time and a place where children were to be seen and not heard. He didn't know how to deal with his emotions. He didn't speak to his emotions. He was loving and affectionate. He was a jokester or he was angry. Those were like the three emotions that my father showed on the regular. And his temper was explosive and volatile and sudden. And I learned that that was how a man dealt with things when they didn't go his way or when he didn't have control of a situation, he would take control of a situation by intimidating everyone else with an explosive fit of rage, throwing things, breaking things, screaming and yelling. Um, so yeah, volatile, sudden, volatile and sudden anger is explosive. It's impulsive. Again, I have personal firsthand experience with being raised around this type of energy and this type of anger. I certainly have experience with this type of anger problem in my life. The next type of anger is deliberate anger. This is probably what anger is supposed to be for. Uh, this is actually a positive use for anger. This, this is actually a positive use for anger. Think about a halftime, think about a halftime pep talk or speech that a coach gives in a locker room between a rival, between a football team and him talking about, you know, an important game. And he's throwing a fit in the locker room talking about, you know, we're better than this. Are you guys going to let these guys stomp us in our own field, in our own backyard? Or are you going to go out there and give them a what for? This is a positive type of angry energy that can be used to motivate people. I've seen managers use this kind of energy to motivate people coming from a frustrated place or a disappointed place, it motivates a team or it motivates a group of people to perform better. Uh, I, I believe that this is one of the most positive forms of, of negative energy that there can be. The next type of anger I'm going to talk about is behavioral. This is a straightforward this is a straightforward kind of anger. Uh, it's, it's a perceived anger where someone becomes physically aggressive, someone becomes physically violent or destructive. You know, again, I, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of this one myself. I used to get angry at people on the phone or I'd get angry at a situation on the phone and I would throw my cell phone and I would destroy my cell phone. This is why I don't buy a nice phone. This is why I don't have a nice phone. Uh, the reality of the matter is, is that I've been buying, you know, $50 prepaid burner phones since before I got sober. Um, I would like to tell you that before I got sober, that it was because I got angry and threw them. It was just because I just couldn't ever keep a phone on for more than a month at a time. Anyway, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. The point is when I got sober and I had to deal with my emotions and I had to deal with life on life's terms, one of the things that I struggled with greatly was anger and my explosive temper. And I would throw my cell phone at the wall, at the ground, out the truck window while I was driving. It was a way to take control of a situation that I had no control over. I've definitely broken furniture. I've broken windows. I've broken doors. I've definitely been physically aggressive and physically violent. I don't do that anymore. I don't live like that anymore. I don't have to. I have tools and I've learned to control myself with working in recovery and working the 12 steps of recovery, having a spiritual connection in my life, and then practicing some of the things that I'm going to go over in the end of this video.
The next type of anger I want to talk about is the self-abusive kind of anger. This is one that a lot of people experience or deal with that they don't talk about, right? This is one of those things that people do behind closed doors where it comes from shame or guilt or low self-esteem. Negative self-talk is one of the things that, that comes from self-abusive anger. It also leads to uh, substance abuse. A lot of people that deal that that struggle with drug addiction or alcoholism struggle with anger, and they don't talk about it. They keep it bottled up, and one of the ways that they cope with it is to anesthetize, right, to self-medicate. So we pour alcohol or we pour drugs on it to numb out, to disconnect from our feelings. This is actually a huge, a huge factor in drug addiction and alcoholism, which is why part of the recovery process and working the 12 steps is learning how to deal with resentments and anger. A lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people don't make the mental connection, but it's true. Scientifically proven fact is that one of the types of anger or subtypes of anger is self-abusive. Uh, it's driven by shame, guilt, low self-esteem, and it presents itself through negative self-talk, through substance abuse, and through physical harm. Some people cut themselves, some people brand themselves, some people get tattoos to deal with their pain or their hurts or their hang-ups. Uh, we, we could do a whole podcast just on tattoos. In fact, I probably will, just in where they come from and how people use them to, to heal and to remember and overcome things. Anyway, that's another tangent. We'll leave that for another day. Another one Another form of anger is the chronic anger or long-lasting anger. This is the person who's angry all the time, right? Like, they never seem to not be angry. This is, when I, when, as I got older, this is how I perceived my father. My father was angry all the time. That's just how I remember him in the end. And I think that he was just so maladjusted and so overwhelmed with being hurt and being afraid of being out of control and afraid of not having control of the home situation and what was happening in our household that he was just angry all the time. He was angry that my mom was gone. He was angry that I was gone all the time. He was angry that things, every little thing was a problem. Everything was a problem. And I just don't think he knew how to process or how to cope or how to talk about those things and it led to the destruction of our relationship and eventually it led to him leaving the home uh, when i was a when i was a teenager but all of that is irrelevant the, the point is is that if we don't get to the causes and conditions and we don't get to the root causes of our pains and our hurts and our hang-ups then this type of chronic anger can be everlasting and it can lead to serious medical conditions we can, you know, high blood pressure and stress-related medical conditions. We can literally lose function of our organs because of stress and because of constant stress and anger. Another factor or type of anger is the addictive type, right? And this is something that I struggled with too because there's a perception with anger, and I, and I love to talk about this, I do, because this is something that I related to more than anything Nothing made me feel more empowered than the physiological effects that happened when I got triggered. 
So if I felt out of control or I felt like I didn't have control over a situation or I felt powerless and I was afraid I was going to lose someone or I was afraid I was going to be harmed or, you know, living out, living out in the darkness and living out in a, in a, a drug addicted life. You're constantly on the run. You're, I shared in my in my fear podcast that I was in a constant state of fear. And one of the things that I dealt with and one of the things that I used to cope with being in a constant state of fear was also being in a constant state of anger. Because if I could get triggered into anger, then what would happen? The physiological effects would happen. My dopamine levels would increase. My blood pressure would increase. My muscles would get filled with blood. My adrenaline would start pumping and I would feel empowered. I would feel like the Incredible Hulk, like I was unstoppable. And that gave me this illusion that I was in control or that I had power, even in a situation where I was terrified and felt powerless. So it actually did become addictive. At one point, I was addicted to the physiological effects of anger. And that is one of the, one of the subtypes is, is addictive, addictive anger. People become addicted to the illusion of power that comes from the physiological effects of being triggered by anger. You can become emotionally and physically addicted to it. And, you know, when I was out there getting loaded, it was how I coped with dealing with the seedier elements and dealing with seedier people is even though I would be in a room full of people and be terrified, I would get triggered by fear the the amygdala would get triggered and or a situation would happen and i would get triggered by anger and then i would intimidate people with a fit of rage and start acting like a crazy person and yelling and raising my voice and have explosive fits of rage and people were afraid of me and then i didn't have anything to be afraid of and that became addictive, right? Controlling other people with my appeared explosive rage or my appeared empowerment. I had convinced them of the illusion that I was in control or that I was a force to be reckoned with. Um, so it became a survival skill, right? Like living in a constant state of fear, living on the run, being constantly running from the law, constantly in trouble and constantly in a state of doing wrong Fear and anger played a huge part in my survival of being out on the street and living that lifestyle. And those were habits and those were things that were hard to break once I got sober and, and once I started practicing a life of recovery. Anyway, enough about that. Uh, I think that you guys understand addictive, addictive anger quite well enough. Moral or judgmental anger. This is one that people feel isn't harmful, right? This is one where... People are prejudiced by uh, their own ideas of righteousness or virtue. And, you know, you'll you'll see. I hate to say it, but you'll see Christians turning their nose up at someone or judging someone because of their experiences or their past. Or you'll see people who are well off being judgmental or getting angry at the way other people are living or other people are getting away with something. You know, you hear people getting upset with people on welfare or taking advantage of, of state-funded Medicare or, or, or medical, medical care or food stamps or unemployment. All of these things can trigger 
moral and judgmental anger. And, you know, I've, I've had somebody post on the We Are Apes Development Facebook page hostility and, and made a comment about, you know, pay your taxes, you queens. And he was justifiably angry because he thought I was a religious organization that was trying not to pay taxes. Little did he know that I'm a hardworking American who has a real job and I do pay taxes. So I was happy to let him know that. My point is, is that there are people that walk around with this entitlement or this false sense of uh, right to be angry, right? Like I have the right to be angry because I'm a taxpayer because other people get away with not paying their taxes. That's wrong. Nobody has a right to be angry at anyone else. It's just one, it's just one more form of entitlement. Nobody's justified in being angry. When we're angry, all we're really doing is hurting ourselves. So really it comes down to acceptance, right? 